Welcome back. This is Richard Sachs, and this is Lost Arts Radio, and have one of our favorite guests and friends on as uh, a uh, cooperator during this show, and it's going to be short. We have about maybe 45 minutes or so, so we have a lot to talk about, and I mean, that's a real understatement. If you look at what subjects we want to get into, there's there's way more than than we can do right now but the main bottom line you know just so we don't forget to mention that in my opinion and we'll see if dr lee Merritt, who's with us wants to comment on it is that a lot of you have seen the movie called the matrix um and it's talked about a lot there's kind of a cult following and um especially the first one was i thought really well done um what you're in right now like makes the matrix nothing this has so many levels of what is happening that doesn't appear to be happening or what isn't happening that you're told is and there's this level after level after level and you've got these amazing brilliant spirit-based beings walking around in living costumes called human bodies and most and working through the interface of mind and thinking that those things are what they are and as long as we can be kept uh, distracted and unconscious and hypnotized, then the people in charge can finish off the plan of extermination, which is in progress right now. And so it's really a consciousness test because we can go and I'll shut up in a minute because I'm not the guest here. But um, I just want to make sure we don't just say a lot of interesting stuff and then people say, oh, that was another interesting video and what's next you know the point is that one of these has to shake us and get us to actually do something different and that starts with a difference in perception so since our time is so limited um dr merritt i'd like to let you say just a couple minutes to summarize your background for the new people uh, that may never have heard of any of us and um, then we'll get right into i think what's going on if it's okay with you and um, a couple of major parts of that, why it's not what it seems, and then the important part, what you can do with that awareness. So who are you, first of all? <laughs> <laughs> that changes every day. As this I know, I know. Just <laughs> I, I, said, the days. I used to be an orthopedic spine surgeon. Now I'm a professional rebel. That's what I have on my, my new, when I give that a talk. My first You're slide. also a person who survived medical school. <laughs> with their consciousness and common sense and perception intact. 
Well, you know, they taught us different back then. I'm just going to tell you. It, we oh, learned okay. some different things, which would be interesting to talk about. Yeah. About vaccines, for example. I was told when I was a freshman medical student, and I went to medical school in Rochester, New York. And in 1976, I remember the lecture where yeah. someone said about vaccines that uh, – they didn't stop childhood illnesses. Plumbers did. Plumbers decreased the death from childhood illnesses because it, it has to do with nutrition and, and, and um, you know, cleanliness and, and right. basic sanitation. So what happened is over the years, we've been just lied to and it slowly changed our, our window of reality, our, how we see reality, even down to the basic sciences. If people think that we're just being lied to about politics, trust me, it's also in the basic <laughs> sciences. Right. So, my background, I mean, after medical school, I did an orthopedic residency. I served nine and a half years in the Navy as a naval surgeon, uh, did, um, did uh, a fellowship in spine surgery. And I was, you know, just doing my job for many years. Mm-hmm. And reality kind of slowly dawned on me as I looked at my own aging and I went to different out of the norm meetings. I didn't actually do the standard uh, just go to the orthopedic meetings. I went to oh. anti-aging meetings and some other stuff. And and oh. my and I and I also being a person that always believed in constitutional liberty, I was appalled when they started mandating vaccinations for the nurses. So I started looking into the flu vaccine, and I was even more appalled when I found out it not only did nothing; it was dangerous, and it wasn't making a difference to patients. So that was oh. kind of the beginning of my awakening into this. Not a positive difference, anyway. Yeah. Might have been making other differences for him. Yes. Yeah, I want to clarify one thing right away. You said you're a professional rebel, and (laughs) we need more time. I hope you just come right back. Sure. (laughs) Basically, um, I looked into the vaccines. I have this problem, too, that I question everything. I mean, this was driving my elementary school teachers crazy. When we had to memorize the multiplication tables, I said, okay, but why? Yeah, You know, yeah. how come this table works and all that stuff? And now vaccines, all of us memorizing safe and effective as a as a mantra slogan in medical school. You hear it. I don't know if you did when when you were there, maybe not. But now oh. it's millions of times. And right. I, ch- I checked the vaccines back to Jenner. I couldn't find any real evidence of them ever preventing disease, but they were maiming and killing people, you know, mostly kids from the beginning. But they were only, you know, horribly bad. They weren't catastrophically bad like the new one. Right. right. This Well, this isn't even a a pretense at being a vaccine. You know, these things are designed to be genetic therapy and uh, oncolytic or cancer therapy, and they never met the safety bar. Well, therapy sounds like there's something good, even if you call it genetic therapy. Yeah. I think it's genetic uh, modification. Well, that's what it's turning out to be, yeah. But 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 it, it was meant to be genetic modification for a good reason for people that had genetic. Oh, that's the cover story. I'm not saying that was really their motive. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, that, that the was people they, working on it were told that. That's what they were working on. That's what they're told that. And, and honestly, some of them are coming out now of the pharmaceutical companies realizing they weren't doing what they thought they were doing. They were contributing to something much more evil. Yeah. I, I, I had a chance. I talked to Dr. Zelenko not too long ago, and he made the comment. He said, this is a programmed genocide. 
and it is a genocide and it's not funny, but what funny is the concept of a program genocide. I thought to myself after I hung up, I said, what's an unprogrammed genocide? I just wake up one morning like Stalin. That's a mistake where the side effect is just everybody dies, but it was a mistake, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, I guess that's, I guess that's, (laughs) you know, this is worse than, I think one of the reasons this is still going on and that people are not just stopping walking to the guns. They're just walking right into the, into the line of the artillery. Right. Why are they doing it? It's because it is extremely hard for the average person who's not a psychopath to wrap right. their head around something this big, this evil. Right. This is and not by accident. This is. We've been watching movies and TV since early childhood. And the government workers and the sheriffs and the police and the people in power positions, they all were totally selfless. And the only reason they were there is to serve humanity. Right. So we know that that's true. Except in the Nazi regime. And then we were told they were all bad. They were monsters. They weren't like us. So we didn't learn from that lesson either. No. And that was just one isolated incident that didn't mean anything. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's what they want you to believe. So, I went back, uh, by the way, and I looked at a, on my website, I have a, a, some videos that I've done. And one of them is a lecture I gave years ago. I mean, this is almost 20 years ago now called The Lessons of Carl Brandt. And it talks about exactly that. Carl Brandt, like me, did trauma and orthopedic uh, spine surgery. And so I got interested in reading about him because he was Hitler's uh, chief medical officer at the end of the war. Right. And, I, and And the problem is. We grew up with the history believing these guys were just monsters. And so we had, we'd never be like that. And there's no reason to even study what happened. Well, it wasn't that they were monsters. Carl Brandt was a really good guy who tried to save a lot of people, but he grew up in an evil philosophy that you could sacrifice some groups of people to save others. Right. And once you go down that road, then you'll accept a lot of things. And if somebody, if you don't have a big moral clear cut, oath to that you take care of one patient that patient in front of you is your responsibility and you don't sacrifice that person for somebody else if you step away from that a lot of things are possible and that's what we're seeing right now and that's basically the foundation of collectivism right right that it's okay however whoever you have to kill or or imprison or whatever because it's for the common good for the greater good right and the so, elitists believe that they're smarter than we are. They're, you know, yeah. That, that you can read. I, I happened to read the book Propaganda by, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Actually, I'm not blanking on his name. It's right here. Um, but it was Edward Bernays. Oh, and yeah. He was very famous. He was the father of modern advertising. But in the 20s and 30s, he wrote a book. And he basically said, look, if it weren't for the few elites that really are well-educated and good thinkers and organized, the world would be chaos. But these guys gently, gently just make sure that they gently touch the, the sides of the public perception to make sure they kind of herd us into going the right direction. Exactly. And, and, and that's what I've come to believe. They don't even look at us like, you know, I, I, what's happening with the mandates. I tell people it doesn't really matter what's in these vaccines or whether they're good, bad or indifferent. The minute you accede to the notion that you can be mandated to put something in your body by your employer or by the government, mm-hmm. then you, by definition, don't own your body. They do. And that makes exactly. you like a slave. But even worse, I see them treating us like cattle, you know, yeah. in, the, in the very distance somewhere are maybe 150 guys uh, that we think own 70% of the world's wealth. And, mm-hmm. and they, they just kind of 
are playing their little games and they're doing what they want to and they're funding this whole thing. They're like the distant ranch owners on some big spread in Montana that never go and actually look too much at the ranch in detail, but they own it. Right. And you don't know their names. They're the most dangerous of the people we don't know their names. And then uh, the people that are the ranch hands and the cowboys and all those people that take care of the cattle, well, in our ranch, the cattle and the, and the ranch hands look the same. There's one difference. The cattle live by different rules. Right. So now we've got the ranch hands are people like the politicians, the police, the judges, and the mostly the, the people that write the laws and do things like that. And they, um, you notice they don't apply to them. They don't, they might tell us to wear masks, but they don't really care. They yeah. exempt themselves from the vaccine mandates. I noticed that. And, yeah. and we've just been like cattle. We've been very happy grazing on the grass for a number uh-huh. of decades. And we didn't really see the fences except something is very far away, maybe not applying to us. We right. thought we were free. One of the big wake-up calls should have been that in New York, which had the biggest death rate from COVID per capita in the world I could find in 2020, you couldn't buy hydroxychloroquine. You couldn't get it. You couldn't even get it prescribed to you. But in Uganda, the yeah. place with the best death rate, Practically, they were they were right. 10,000 times better than New York. You had the freedom to go out and buy hydroxychloroquine and, and ivermectin over the counter. Right. And we're still waiting for a, a Ugandan interview on CNN. And it's not happening at the moment. Right. Right. <laughs> and, you know, above the level of those ranchers that you mentioned, the guys that are funding everything. I mean, what what I ended up running into, and I, we probably won't have time to get into it, but I see a level that is just satanic, and it's not about money at all. No, no, uh, I don't. I don't think anything of this is about money. These no, guys they're using it though money. to keep their servants in line. Well, the yeah. See, that's always the way it is. Think about I.G. Farben in World War II. They thought they would do very well economically by by following along and getting in with the Nazis, right? Because they they thought they sure. were. Gonna- so they were going to make money on this deal. They made them. They made money for a while, but at the end of time, their sons got murdered in the war. Their houses got bombed out. They went to jail. Yeah. It doesn't work well. And these yeah. pharmaceutical guys that think they're going to clean up on this whole thing. Oh yeah. Just look at the story of Ig Farben, your ancestors. You know, it yeah. happened before. They're going to sacrifice you guys. Fauci, they're throwing under the bus. All That's these. That's right. Yeah, they didn't think it through yeah. quite far enough. Uh, no, <laughs> there's there are still people now who believe, you know, the ones that we need to reach somehow um, that believe there's a pandemic and it started in early 2020. And there was this virus that was terrifying and the government couldn't even save us from it at the time. And it came. Nobody knows where it came from. It was probably a bat that was um you know, mixed with a pig somewhere by mistake, and somebody ate it. And then what happened is it's, it came out of Wuhan, and it flew all over the world, but only to special places, northern Italy, New York City, places in Central and South America. It didn't spread between those spots, but that's part of why it was so unusual and bad and mysterious. And now they're trying as hard as they can to save us, and they knew they didn't want our time wasted with things that were cheap and effective that worked. They wanted to get the the real medicine, which was a vaccine that, yeah, it changes your genetic makeup, but it's only for your benefit. And it means that you'll produce, it's this brilliant plan to produce the antigen in your body, which is very efficient. And then your body says, oh, there's the antigen. I don't even have to watch for it on the outside. I can make the cure immediately. 
And that's what they're in the process of doing. And the fact that people are getting sick and dying from that shot means that it's working, but there aren't enough boosters available yet. And they're trying as hard as they can to get those. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest, I mean, you've hit, I had a talk I gave at the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and it, I went through the narrative and then I went through the reality. It was called the uh, the uh, COVID, the great delusion, grand delusion. But you're exactly right. Now, one of the things in the narrative that I threw in there was the fact that that this this bat suit that it supposedly leapt out of after yeah yeah after, after by the way after this virus lived in commensal bliss with us for eons it suddenly left that leapt out of bat soup and it was perfectly formed to kill us it was not just a little bit able to get into us it was perfectly uh configured to get into our deepest darkest parts and kill us and, exactly. and this happened in a, ta- in a in a country of four million square miles roughly Mm-hmm. This happened in a meat market that was just coincidentally eight miles from the only level four bioweapons virology lab in the country. And everything is a coincidence. So. Yeah, total coincidence. Yeah. And then my favorite one that you just touched on was about the vaccine. Now, they convinced us last year that we all had to take to the basement, wear a mask, stand on mm-hmm. Wash our hands a million times a day because right. just three or four little little of these these little uh, spike proteins, not even the whole virus, just three of these little spike proteins get into our nose. We can get sick and it can kill us. Right. Well, but we're going to make a vaccine that makes a trillion spike proteins all over your body, and we're sure that's ninety five percent safe and effective. Well, it's because that's approved, and the other ones are from nature. And uh, Fauci gave a talk. I don't remember exactly when, but he was saying the big danger is nature. And that nature is always trying to, you know, all these different combinations to see which ones will kill us. And we can almost guarantee that if we don't have these bioweapon research labs doing the best they can to protect us, then nature is just going to kill everybody. Yeah. Well, let's keep in mind that we didn't have all these problems until the mid 80s. And there were some things happening in the mid 80s. So. What the real story here is, is that over the 40 years of Dr. Fauci's um, tenure at the uh, NIAID, part of NIH, he's been given over the course of time almost $800 billion. And according to David Martin, I didn't run these particular numbers, but $120 billion of that was specifically to researchers all over the world. It just wasn't Wuhan. It was Winnipeg and Ralph Barrick and, right. and a bunch of other people. I think the Louis Pasteur Institute, but I'm not 100% sure of that. But they were all over the place were researchers working on this. And what they were doing was taking natural genetic material from bats. Yes, it was from bats, but it was naturally occurring. And they weaponized it. They made it dangerous. But keep in mind, we've been living with bats forever. We have not had these problems. And we haven't had Ebola. We haven't had Marburg. We haven't had a lot of these things. What was happening in the mid-80s? In South South America, I mean, sorry, in South Africa, they had a bioweapons program called Project Coast. And I really think when we look at the world, what the real correct view is, is the nature wasn't dangerous. Nature uh, was fine until we decided to weaponize it. And that started about in the mid-1980s when these things started coming out of the jungle and the backstory was emerging infectious diseases. When I was in medical school again in 1976, that was not a term that anybody talked about. We talked about tropical diseases, malaria, leishmaniasis, these things, fine. But we didn't talk about tropical diseases. Now, it's interesting to note that when these things, these diseases emerged like Ebola and things, 
They never can find an animal intermediary. And by the way, we don't have one for this either. Although they might want to tell you it's the bat, they can't reinfect bats. It doesn't work that way. If this really had just come out of nature, you could have put it back into nature. The other thing that's absolutely clear that we knew, I knew this from one February, but I couldn't get any, any traction on it back then, was that these guys in New Delhi, India, published this fabulous paper, and they had looked at the genetic sequence, not of the whole virus. I don't think there ever was a whole virus, but even if there was, that what they claim is that the coronavirus is 30,000 base pairs long. But mm-hmm. the part that makes you sick, the S1 subunit, is only 181 to 200 base pairs. So that's the part that was taken out of the bat and weaponized. And what they did, and this is what Prashant Pradham et al. discovered and wrote in their paper, they took, they had four inserts. And these inserts came from the the human immunodeficiency virus, so the HIV AIDS virus. And they were placed into the spike protein in four characteristic locations. These inserts don't occur in nature, and they are completely conserved throughout all the pathologic specimens in the databank. So in other words, they don't vary, which also makes a lie of the the, the, uh, Delta variants and things like that. But these things are only in this particular, it's not in SARS, it's not in nature, it's in this. And it's four very unique inserts. So that's man-made in a lab. Connected to the spike protein. Yes, that's a part of the spike protein. Okay, so, so there's, no, there's no evidence that they actually created a new virus at all, right? It's just exactly. the spike protein with enhancements. I personally, I'm with Kaufman and Cowan and these other, and Stefan Lonk and these other virologists, right. non-virologists, they've convinced me that viruses are a scam. Um, I, I, it doesn't mean that people don't get sick. But you can right. explain, but they get sick for other reasons. The virus theory is being kept alive just to support a vaccine industry but yeah. here's what i really think happened and i have a whole lecture on this but it's a in, in short here i think they took this nanoparticle they, they created we're in the world where now we have synthetic biology so what they did was they they took uh, a little bit of genetic material they they altered it they modified it using modern gene slicing techniques they mm-hmm. wrapped it in a, in a lipoprotein coat, and they spread it around three cities, Wuhan, Lombardy, Italy area, and New York City. If right. it had been a real airborne virus, uh, to your point, it would have gone everywhere, Paris, mm-hmm. Wuhan, mm-hmm. Nebraska, Pittsburgh. It would not have stopped at basically three cities. Especially with air travel. Right. These guys have have practiced this, and in 2015, there was a paper published in Australia called uh, – um, self-disseminating vaccines for, for emerging infectious diseases. They always couch bioweapons research as veterinary studies. And that's what this was, mm-hmm. to get rid of the mice in Australia. And what they showed was they could make a vaccine to sterilize the mice, okay? The vaccine, we give it to a certain number of mice, and it, and it goes into their ovaries and damages their ovaries, thereby sterilizing the female mice. Then we release these mice back out into the wild. Those mice rub up against other mice, and they transfer this, whatever, this self-disseminating vaccine to those other mice that also become sterile. They rub up against even a bigger group of mice, and they, they transfer it one more time, and then it peters out in nature. And the first, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the first one's got it by vaccine? 
The first one started by a vaccine. But it, okay. it, may not be, it may not have to be a vaccine. It may be started some other way. Um, we don't really know. I mean, do we know whether or not there was a vaccine that was going around at the time it was started? Was it flu vaccine? It was the flu season. Did yeah. it, was there a special, did they have a couple special batches of flu vaccine? I mean, that's also a possibility. But you could design the, the lipoprotein coating to make this a tactile thing. Because think about it. What do we call a virus? If they exist, here's what we call them. We say they're a little bit of genetic material wrapped in a lipoprotein coat that can get into your mucous membranes, like in your nose or your mouth or your gut, and sure. make you sick or kill you. But what we're talking about is a toxic toxic nanoparticle it's a little bit of synthetic genetic material wrapped Mm -hmm. in a synthetic lipoprotein coat i could spread it on the computer in computers in the apple store in wuhan and then i somebody comes and touches it puts their fingers around their mouth and their their uh, nose and things and they get it into their mucous membranes it makes them sick and kills them and and probably the first generation is the worst before it gets you know attenuated as it goes through the host Right, right right so I think that's what happened. And that's what got the whole scare thing going. Okay. It looked really bad. If that had, I classed, I started calculating the death curve when it first came across America. And if it had continued the way it first started, it would have been 2 million dead in America by July, but that didn't happen. How do you think they delivered it to those three cities? I think they tactile delivered it personally, but it could have also, like you say, I'm not saying they could not have had a special that that a certain number of doses of the flu vaccine that had it. It's also what about aerosol. I think it's less likely, but it could be. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's ruled out, but they so could how do you it. how do you get it to people tactilely? Tactilely? Well, we actually have a video uh, of a person, I think it was in the Apple store, but in a computer store in Wuhan, and, and she appears to just be opening up the lids of the, of the laptops, touching all the keys, and then shutting the lids, going to the next one, opening up, touching all the keys, shutting the lids. Wow. So, so since everybody's busy with computers, that's a way to get them all, I guess. If you, if you look at what happened in South Africa, what we were involved with, and there's some really, uh, really interesting information about that that came out through Desmond Tutu's uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Right. And um, what, what they were working on were tactile pathogens. And there was a guy named Larry Ford. We were, theoretically weren't doing this, but he was an OBGYN doctor in Los Angeles, and he was going back and forth. And there was uh, one of the few people to still be alive at the time of this truth and reconciliation said we called it project larry and he would come over and spend a whole day showing us how to turn everyday items into uh, bioweapons in other words making your toaster poison or something so one of the things they did for example is they tried to kill somebody by poisoning the shirt and then the guy lent the shirt to somebody else to poison the wrong person, but it worked. That must have been so frustrating to those guys to kill them. Uh, yeah, person. that's right. That's <laughs> the kind of thing. But they were, they, were, they were clearly talking about poisoning things and having other people touch them and dying. I'm pretty sure that's kind mm. of somehow plays a role here. Okay, so there's a couple of things that that points to. One is we can all rest assured that our money is being going into serious work serious in, the bi- in the in the bioweapons labs not to come up with um <clears throat> the dangerous viruses so much especially if they don't exist but um dangerous things to be done with genetic material and right. other, Tex- other i call them toxic nanoparticles but you can call them fake i mean they're synthetic biology <clears throat> right but and then- at first they they were tactile I think they but, were but they could be delivered tactfully or through a needle or through maybe drinks, maybe uh, probably not drinks, but probably tactile or needles 
or aerosol. Right, but what I'm what I'm getting at is the things that were initially tactile, maybe through a computer or whatever way they got to those three cities, are is that the same thing as it's being injected now? I think so. Why would you, you know, it's just like, we're all a little lazy. Why would you create a second bio? Exactly. The first one was proven. And they admitted it's the same. They admit in their EUA that they're making an RNA, that they're delivering to your body RNA or uh-huh. DNA to create the spike protein of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. That's what it right. says in the EUA. Be- because so, if you get it through a vaccine, it's going to help you. Right, right. And it I mean, also it makes it so insane. easy for your body to know what countermeasures to take if it's producing the antigen that it has to work on right there right if somebody had come to you and said three of these nanoparticles could kill you but we're pretty sure we can make trillions in your body and it will give you immunity what do you think how many people would think that's you know sign me up how soon can you do it right (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing but that's what i think but what what allowed it to really work is the psyop the fear that they generated in the public by locking people down and and look at the language that's changed too you have to change the language here it's like orwellian so we used to talk about quarantine and we never quarantined the well only the sick but the quarantine is a medical term lockdown how did we end up talking about lockdowns lockdown is what you do to prisoners so let's just be clear that's what they're talking about here well there's also the business aspect of lockdown you have to destroy businesses to make people safe too Oh, yes. Well, of course. And so that was part of the anxiety that, that when you take when you take fear and you add anxiety, anxiety, they're going to take your children away. They're going to ruin your business, which um, is justified. Yeah, which is justified. You know, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's right. So so that was justified. But the end result of fear plus anxiety is Stockholm syndrome. For some, it means People will do almost anything to get out of the problem and that they're in. And so that includes their captors. And they just, they'll, they'll, if they say, wash your hands 10 times a day, oh, I'll do it 20 times a day. And I'll wear the mask, 16 masks tied together if Dr. Fauci says so. That's- okay, so psychologically, just to make sure people follow what you just said. And we need another several hours because I'm watching the clock. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, um, you said fear and anxiety lead to Stockholm Syndrome. So fear and anxiety, um, especially if you're pinning it on a, a perpetrator who's trying to hurt you or kill you or imprison you, people would think, well, normally you want to run away. But Stockholm Syndrome is attachment to that. To, the, to, your, so. to your captor. I actually misspoke. It's when you add fear and confusion. So Dr. Fauci was the doctor of confusion. That gives you anxiety, and you mm-hmm. have to get out of that anxiety zone. Okay. And, you know, I learned that from a psychiatrist friend of mine because I asked him, please, for the love of God, tell me who these people are that are driving around by themselves alone in a, in a car in a mask. And right. he said, those are Stockholm Syndrome people. That, that's, they're overdoing what the captors say to do because they're so afraid. And they just know if they do it the very best they can. So that's why these are the people that are yelling at you if you don't have your mask and yelling at you if you don't get a vaccine. Yeah. How selfish are you? Because really... They believe they're, they're they're bought into the belief that this is a dangerous pandemic. You know, the death count in uh, if I have it right in my memory, but it's I know this the general principle here is right. I think last year, if you look at the world death per capita, it was seven point one four. I believe it was seven point one four per thousand every year. But but that's about what it is every year. Maybe it was seven point six four. That's what I think it was seven point six. 
six four, and then in twenty eleven it was seven point eight something. It's 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 always about seven point five. Right, so, but now they're proving that they were right because it's more this year. Well, why is it more this year? Again, as as a friend of mine says, if you believe in the Delta variant, then you're a member of the Lambda Delta Nu fraternity for morons. This whole variant thing, okay, I I spent the last three months trying to figure out if there really wasn't a a viral isolate, and I'll just say no. Um, And I also tried to figure out this variant, and can it, is it, I don't believe it, but am I right? So it turns out that when you look at the, the genomic sequences they claim are the ones they show that the Delta variant, they have a whole list of variants and they claim that the Delta variant is the least apt to, to, to modify itself. Coronavirus is very, if it, if it exists, as they say, it doesn't vary very much. In fact, it's less variable than other viruses. So yeah. it doesn't really, what they're saying about that is just not true. And the most it could be different is 0.3%, according to Michael Yeadon, who, you know, studies this stuff, right. uh, former science chief officer of Pfizer. So what, what happened is they, they took blood from a SARS patient that had been banked years ago, 2002, and it neutralized the spike protein. It neutralized this problem in, uh, in their studies. Now, that was 20% different than this virus. Mm-hmm. By their, this is by their terms, you know, okay. reality, maybe something different, but that's what they say. So it doesn't make sense. They're telling you there are variants because they can't admit to you that the, the vaccine's killing people. That's really, no, that happened. would ruin the plan completely. That would ruin the plan completely. But the it's other so- thing is you, you had said that pointed out that in the uh, first stage, when they were spreading it to these three cities and places like that, that it was probably transmitted tactily. And it's the same thing as is in the more or less as in the vaccine. So it brings us into another big area, which is the trans transfection or transmission or shedding or whatever you want to call it. People that have been injected and it obviously permeates their entire body and all the organs because your body is permeable. I mean, it would be ridiculous right. to think anything would stay at an injection site unless it's a rock or something. So. Right. Right. Why do these why do these people that claim to be all these scientists that had been working on this technology for years claim they were so surprised when it went outside the arm? That is just absurd. Yeah, it took me about three minutes to find out that the Novavax company that makes the Matrix M that is the covering of this this uh, bioweaponized so-called vaccine. It right. was made to target certain certain organisms. Remember, or certain organs. Remember, Organism. this was made as a genetic therapy or a cancer therapy. You don't want your cancer therapy to kill something all over the place. You want to target the brain or target the kidney or something. They claimed they could target it. Now, let's see where it goes in humans. The Japanese did a study, and they showed that its its, it's uptake is sixty four times more in the ovary than it is in the skeletal muscle. Mm-hmm. What does that sound like? It sounds a lot to me like the mice study in Australia. Yeah, that it may not and, be a, a so, coincidence. Now, yes. And so we are seeing what when, when the, this thing was first rolled out after January in America, we saw lots of patients that were complaining about symptoms of being near vaccinated people. Some right. of it, it was like a viral syndrome, but much of it was women whose menstrual ch- cycles had changed, yeah. little girls bleeding down to the age of two. Right. Women that were not bleeding for years suddenly start having vaginal bleeding. So what's that right. sound like? Again, it's doing something to the reproductive health of women. Right, right. Again, a, the mice. 
attacking everything, but including ovaries and uterus and I think so. Things like I, that. I think that part of this is part of their great depopulation plan. And and so the tragedy here yeah. is we give this vaccine to people that are unsuspecting. Um I've heard this so many times. Grandmas can't come over and visit the grandchildren unless she gets the vaccine for their sake. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't, it, it, there were, the children were never risk at, at risk from her, and she was never at risk for them when all of them were unvaccinated because their, their immune system is on high burn. They're just ready to wipe out anything that grandma might shed on them or give them to them. But now she gets the vaccine, and this is a different thing. Now it goes, and she's around her 10-year-old granddaughter, Mm-hmm. Is she going to make her sterile forever? That really is my concern. And I think that's not an un- I've talked to a lot of doctors that thought this too. That's a possibility. And certainly we found evidence that the FDA knew about this stuff. They sent out a circular in 2015, how to deal with shedding from these VBGTs, viral-based genetic therapies. That's what they call them. And it yeah. goes through this whole thing. And it tells you who you should protect, whom you should protect. Little, little neonates. Elderly, mm-hmm. immune compromised. And then in the EUA, they added, if you're around women of childbearing age or pregnant women, you need to report it if you're a test subject with these agents. Wow. wow. So they knew. They well, knew. And if it's permeating the body, I assume it's in the sweat. And I so think that's where it that's how, how people are transmitting it, right? No, I think, I think they, you know, you're not hearing these stories of shedding symptoms, getting shed on being, uh, being symptomatic from people that just went to the grocery store. You're, you're hearing it from people that are in a household with somebody that's been vaccinated or in an office with somebody that's been vaccinated. So I really think it's close personal contact. That's what I was saying is through touch. It's because through touch. if there's a little bit of, of sweat type right. you know, liquid on your skin that you don't even perceive and you touch somebody else, then it can move through that, I would think. I, I mean, think so. Most likely. So. I guess the two questions that come up as far as, all right, what do you do if you understand all that stuff and you accept that, you know, we are in a, we've only touched the surface of this massive matrix situation that we're walking around in. What do you do as a countermeasure to shedding and also if you've already made a mistake and got the vaccine? Well, I think, if, well, first of all, uh, you know, I've got a website and I've put down on, a, a, there's a big red bar. It's called the, themedicalrebel.com. And the reason I tell that because it's kind of complicated, but I have a big red bar on themedicalrebel.com. And you push that bar, or if you're on your phone, you got to push the little three little lines, but the mm-hmm. red button is the COVID button. And underneath there, I have a thing on shedding and vaccine remorse. And it goes through, it shows you some of this literature and it shows you the uh, what what I would do if it were me. We don't have the complete answers, but right. if if there's if there's active vaccination going around, and you're you've got a ten year old daughter, you've got children. Personally, I would have kept mine home last semester. I I, I wouldn't have put them in school with all these vaccinated people because we just don't know. There's right. a precautionary principle in medicine. I could be wrong, and I hope. I really hope I'm wrong. But when you don't know, you err on the side of caution, not like yeah. these guys. They, they rolled this whole thing out on the world. And in the FDA circular, it said, we don't really know what's coming off these people. It could be viral. It could be, uh, it could be genetic. And it could be a recombination. They, don't, they claim they don't know. And yet they gave right. it to everybody in the world. So right. uh, that's not the way you do medicine. Well, they're just following orders. They're just following orders. Right. So what do we do to save themselves? And I think the first thing is situational awareness. Realize we're at war. We're not, we're not dealing with a disease. We're dealing with a warfare situation and don't be the idiot 
who doesn't know what's going on, doesn't pay attention to the changing uh, weather patterns and what's happening in the war, like the guys in Sarajevo that just didn't realize that overnight a war had broken out, steps outside his house to go get his cappuccino because he does it every week. And right. boom, he's, he's hit by a stray bullet and killed. That's not who you want to be. You want to be aware, situationally aware that we're in a war and you have to be skeptical. Don't run to the guns. Don't run into the line of fire. Don't take the vaccine. Don't take right. anything else from these psychopaths. So not this is going to take some, some focus and some strength internally because they're right. saying it's totally your free choice. You just won't be able to have an income, go to the right. bank, go to the grocery store, or anything else, but you don't have to do it. Right, right. Well, we'll see how long this lasts, because this is our moment. I'm just saying, they're not just after us, they're after our children. And if people right. won't stand enough for their children, I, I don't know what to say. But the, but the I give I really love finally, you know, I've been saying for a while, everybody that is complicit in this. And that means if you're working in the Pfizer company, the Moderna company, any place that's produced this, you need to get out. If you're if you're yeah. in a hospital where they're killing people, you need to get out because the first thing to do is collapse the people that brought us this. And that's not a, this isn't, this isn't, a, this isn't like 20 years ago. Oh, let's protest uh, such and such bread maker because they're using uh, glyphosated wheat. You know, no, yeah. no, no. This is an, we are in an existential threat right now. And you've got to take out the guys that brought it to us or it's not going away. And yeah. one of the ways you do it is don't participate. This is like Eichmann in Auschwitz. He didn't build and run the whole thing. All the little people like us did. They just went along and did their jobs because they didn't want to lose their jobs. They had a family. I get it. We all have families. We all have mortgages or or bills. And it's not, it's never easy. But, but right now for doctors, it's easy. You can get out and you can make money actually treating patients correctly. People are desperate. That would be incredible. They're, they're really desperate for good quality care. There's lots of ways to go about it. You can sign up with these groups that are doing telemedicine. You can go on your own. You will not starve. You will do okay. But that's what everybody's got to think about doing. You can't stay in the system. Second thing is you need to be prepared in your house. In your home. I mean, everybody needs this. We're not out of this yet. And these guys can use a bioweapon again or the same one. Use, uh, you know, have a nebulizer, have a pulse, a pulse oximeter. We've learned the value of those things. Have a thermometer. Try to get ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, store up your meds. We're having a we're going to have a food shortage. You better get food in your house. You better be prepared right now. You Is there anything really bad in animal ivermectin or not? No, not in the uh, I wouldn't use the poron. Because that's meant to go on like hog skin and they don't care. They're not going to, that's. Pour that, on, that means you pour it on the skin. Yeah, there's, there's a kind, there's really three kinds of the, the animals that I'm aware of. And I, again, it's on my website, but there's paste, which is meant to be, that could be an oral. So that, that doesn't seem to have anything bad. But the bad okay. thing about the paste is it just, um, it's not very potent. So you don't get many doses out of it. Well, they have there's, a number of pounds on the syringe. Thing. Right. And I've got a conversion thing on my site, how to convert oh, okay. those syringes to how much you should take as a standard dose. So using. the amount per pound is different for a human. Than yeah, a it's different. So, and no, it's different okay. because they're treating worms and we're treating Paris. They're we're treating like spike protein and things. Right, so. right, right. So anyway, so, so that's the paste. The second one is this pour on that's just you pour on, on hogs and things. Don't get that one. I wouldn't get okay. that one. And the third right. thing is there's a liquid sterile. It's IV for horses and cattle, high, but IV for horses. And that one is sterile, and it's, it's made off the same line that human ivermectin, I mean, is made off of. So I wouldn't worry about that. And you get a lot of doses. For a 50-milliliter bottle, you could treat your whole family. Could so you use I that would, orally even though it's Yeah, injectable. and take it orally. You're not going to put it IV. The right. problem is getting any of this right now. 
I know. So, that's why I asked about the paste, because you can I, still I get that. Yeah, I went down to my vet. He can't even get it for his office. So that's the paste was on Amazon recently. Who was that? The paste was available on Amazon. Okay, great. Uh, wherever you can get it, I personally would. Now, yeah. the other thing to do is you can get it from overseas pharmacies. It's just a percentage of those are getting interdicted because our FDA has decided to yeah. kill us. And yeah. there's, I can't say it any more plainly. I mean, I'm not the only one. Zelenko said this is a genocide. McCullough says this is a mass murder. Uh, this is what it is. And they're coming specifically mm-hmm. after Western civilization right. because you can still get this stuff in Uganda. Um, but we uh, cannot know, get it. And, and on the parts FDA, of India, they give it to you free. Right. And you know how much I have a friend that just came back from her, her sister was over in India, just came back with some. And she said that in India, it's well here. It was one dollar and thirty eight cents a milligram mm-hmm. in India. We've calculated it was um, one and a third cent per milligram. It makes okay. it affordable if your currency is rubles. So all you not have rubles, to do, but uh, whatever it is in India. Right. So you're going to pay a little bit more than that because they're going to take advantage of the fact they have to ship it and lose some in the and, and in all fairness, they're losing some to the to the Postal Service that's been commanded to interdict it at the border by the FDA. Right. Now, I personally think everybody needs to call their congressman. And I am really hot about the fact and you should be too. everybody should be that up, as Peter Corey just announced, up to 200 people have been treated that are in the Congress. And they're not speak they're with ivermectin, but they don't want us to have it. They're not speaking up for us. Right. Somehow they're being incentivized to be willing to hide it from everybody. Right. So you also mentioned school for kids. It's it's not safe to send any kids to school anymore at all. No, because they can be forcibly vaccinated now. And they don't have to tell you. No, if they're over 12, they have the right to consent. And they don't. What if they say it's an emergency? We have to just get everybody down to kindergarten. Right. They could do it. We just have to. I, I think you're right. Yeah, you know, I really haven't thought that far down, but I think that that's true. I wouldn't. I think my kids could be, and I did homeschool, so I know that it's not. It's a commitment in time, but now with computers, it's a lot easier. We did it before there were computers, right? But you can also do homeschool with a group, right? So that you There's choose a, a schoolmaster like they used to do in the old days. Hire one of the teachers that doesn't want to be vaccinated. Exactly. We need you know? a parallel economy immediately. That's what we're going to do. That is exactly what we do. And God love the Southwest Airline pilots. And yes. all, all you air traffic controllers out there, I'm with you. Get out of there. You know, I heard from this, somebody that said that their father's a Southwest pilot. They said, we're not doing this just for us. We're doing this because we're 80% of us are veterans. We took an oath to the Constitution. Right. And we're, we're honoring that oath. We're here to protect America. If we can take this down, and they're right. Thank God. The hospitals, I knew the doctors and nurses weren't going to do it because they're, they're not they're not of that mindset. Okay. I get that, but they need to, they need to wake up now. Yeah. Um, but the, the pilots and our veterans and thank that's what, that's good. That's what so we're the, the people in the upper management that are saying it's the weather. And yeah, don't that's pay any a attention lie. to this. It's just <laughs> amazing weather. It's everywhere that Southwest goes. There's this like, tornado. Well, it's going to be air traffic control isn't just for Southwest. So that's that's going to be a ripple down. In fact, I'm supposed to fly to some places this weekend. I don't think I'm going to go. I mean, I was going to. Well, I really would like to. But boy, if it does shut it down there, you know, they're going to announce that it's another variant. Yeah. And you could get stuck and trapped in a state. You yeah. Know, that's the other problem. Didn't they, the Democrats in, in Congress already proposed a law that uh, would eliminate interstate travel for unvaccinated people. Right. 
Right. I, I, I just and it could come at any time. They could try and do that. Yeah. I think it's a very perilous time to be on the on the on the flight circuit right now. But, yeah. you know, I just ho- and honestly, I hope they take the whole system down. And then I hope the trains, uh, the UP and all these different trains go. And I hope every big industry does this because the little the little little industries don't have the same kind of impact. We need you guys. I mean, I have an office. But the, but that's not the same thing. We need, and I'm not asking anybody to get vaccinated. So we need to have the big industries that are being pressured anyway. Don't die with these things. I mean, I just had a friend die of the vaccine. It's don't take the risk. It's not worth it. There are right. lots of people being damaged. There's also a question, you know, the the speech that, um, and we're going to stop in a minute because we got to do that other part okay. too. But um, the speech that Biden gave that was the mandate speech, basically. Uh, indicated that there was an executive order coming with the Department of Labor backing it up, that people with over 100 employees had to require uh, vaccines or they'd all be destroyed, basically, fined, you know. And that hasn't happened. And a couple of people have pointed out that executive order and Department of Labor uh, detail has not occurred. It's not. It's still an emergency use authorization product, so they can't legally do it. And they know that. This is all a head game. So everybody that calls me in a panic, don't do that. It's not. It's a, This house of cards is coming down. Right. They can't do it. They can't and it's, it. it's like the vaccine being approved, which all the agencies have been saying. It's not approved. It's not approved. The one we have is not approved. They had to approve something you can't get or they would have messed up the whole system. Yeah, it's a head fake. So don't yeah. make them fire you. Right, exactly. And um, we have work to do. I mean, we need we need to make this alternative civilization starting instantly. Right. I think it's happening. Yeah, I do too. We'll call this uh, Dr. Lee Merritt interview Matrix One. <laughs> and hopefully we'll do Matrix Two soon. So, thank you. Thank you. So Thanks hold on, we'll say goodbye in the break here. So there goes Dr. Lee Merritt, inspiring physician, I think. And we've been blessed to have a number of them, inspiring physicians and people like that on the show recently. And I I like her upbeat attitude and say, this is like if you're watching some kind of an action movie or, you know, adventure type scenario and, the hero has an attitude that's just never going to be discouraged that we're winning no matter what. And you know, they have to eventually win one way or the other. Um, And I think it's contagious in a really good way. So I appreciate the attitude that Dr. Merritt's taking with this and not afraid to mention that she's a complete rebel in the conventional medical world. And not just being against the stuff she doesn't believe in, but being a promoter of what she does want to spread and the education that she's trying to give all of us. So I, th- I think she's doing great work. And we're going to have a lot of uh, more people like that week to week now as much as possible. And, and one thing about the situation that we're in is you have heroic um, leaders emerging. And that doesn't mean they do it for you. It means they wake you up to bring out the same qualities in yourself 
they don't make you worship them. That's not how it works. They say, you can do all this stuff, you know, wake up, become, become who you are. And that's their value. Otherwise, when they walk away, you're back to not having anything. And they, they try to convey to you, yeah, you've always had everything you need. It's like, um, in the Wizard of Oz, you know, at the end, Dorothy's been looking for a way to get back to Kansas and somebody to save her and, you know, say, oh, I have an airline that goes interdimensionally. It'll go from Oz to Kansas. Just get on the plane. The whatever, I forget the name of the good witch that was talking to Dorothy at the end, but she said, look down at your feet. You know, these, I think, ruby slippers, right? The bright red shoes that she had on. You just click those together three times and you'll be back in Kansas. That was symbolic of reality. We could be back too. We didn't ever need, you know, somebody else to take care of us because we're so helpless and we couldn't do anything. We had potential in us because of who we actually are that we could turn this whole thing around, not to just take ourselves as an individual back to Kansas, but to help make a wave of change, a real positive pandemic of consciousness and, uh, positive connection to spirit to god that would affect everybody else even if you don't say anything just because of who you are and i think lily Merritt and people like that are doing that kind of work so um she said mentioned a website which i think was the medical the medical rebel.com and said there i haven't been to that site yet i didn't even know about it and she said there's a red button or a red bar or something on the, on the homepage, and that takes you right into the COVID-related information that she's sharing about um, countermeasures against shedding and against uh, getting yourself detoxified when you have taken the, the vaccine and you realize that wasn't a good plan. And I think there's a lot of optimism that... You know, don't feel like, you know, you're done for and there's nothing you can do. And there's a lot of people that have been saying, well, if you've had the vaccine, you know, you're going to be dead in three years. I would never assume that because if you start believing that at a subconscious level, you can make it true. Your your imagination is that and creative power is that strong. That's why when the doctor tells you, we did all what we could do for, for you, but you're going to best you can do is live 17 days and then the people die in 17 days there's a level of belief that is very powerful and can create things to show that it was true it's what's called a self-fulfilling prophecy so as long as you've got the power potential to do that if you ever get really focused and you tie into your subconscious and make believe a certain way there you're having a massive effect on yourself on the physical level and on everybody else so as long as that's true um set it on something you'd like to see happen anyway that's the beginning of a big subject and we talk about that more in planetary healing club if you're ever interested um not only the suppressed health knowledge that is violently suppressed in the u.s and most of the world now but this deeper aspect of um consciousness basically that we most of us have kind of lost the awareness of what that word even means much less what you can do with it and the people running the fake pandemic and all the death from the vaccines and all that 
they know it's real. And so since they're coming from, at the top level, a satanic base, they're saying, let's see, we got to get this sacrifice done, this ceremonial sacrifice of all life on earth, which we're doing through the vaccines only being one part of it. If we wanted to kill everybody, suddenly we've got the technology to do that overnight. We're not doing that. This is them speaking. But we have to do it by certain protocols and certain notices and things we tell to the public. And it has to go a certain way or the sacrifice doesn't get any credit. So what they're doing to make sure we don't get in the way is using this creative, uh, self-fulfilling prophecy consciousness and frequency broadcast, but they're using it on fear, fear and helplessness. And it's like a hypnosis where the hypnotist says you're getting sleepier and sleepier and they're just doing it not for sleep. Well, yeah, sleep in a way, but saying you're weak, you're scared, you're helpless, you're terrified, you're dependent on experts, you need government to tell you what to do. You need to trust the science and do the right thing and kill yourself. It's all for the sake of the good of the earth. You're going to save the earth. And any carbon-based life form is bad. And oh, what are you? A carbon-based life form physically anyway. Um, so do the right thing and self-destruct. They're broadcasting this with great focus at the top levels of the power structure, which is not what you see. It's partly not even physical anyway, but they know the, the power of what we're talking about. They're just using it for a negative focus. And you have the potential of doing it for a positive focus, for light, for spirit, for, for the origin of where you came from, that is much stronger than anybody running the fake pandemic. And so their priority is that you never realize that. So I'm saying, that's good guidance. Why don't we realize that and realize that where we put our focus mentally and emotionally is so powerful that the negative controllers of the world right now are very afraid of it. So, all right, might, might as well let that fear come true. And what's funny about it is it's the only thing that could really help them anyway. Because if you start waking up to what you can do on the physical level and project on a frequency level, you could wake some of them up and that would change everything. So just, just a suggestion. Anyway, Lee's, uh, Dr. Merritt's website, themedicalrebel.com, and it's got all kinds of COVID information and other useful stuff on it. So I'd say that we should all take a look at that. Uh, if you want to know where we're still on the air and where we're not censored out of existence, go to lostartsradio.com. And if you want to help us keep operating, there's a donate button there. I highly suggest if you've got the funds and you think it's worthwhile that you use it. Uh, the other way to do it is subscribestar.com slash lost arts radio because we're not really doing anything commer- commercial wise at this point. It's too many options for that that seem not a hundred percent clear and honest and, you know, clean to me. So, We're doing it by donation and by Planetary Healing Club has small dues that are not much that also help us keep going. And you can look at that at planetaryhealingclub.com. This is a Sunday show and and all kinds of amazing guests. We're really fortunate that they come and talk to us on these shows. But we have another one on Saturday. 
uh, which is Lost Arts Radio Live at 4.30 Pacific, uh, 5, 6, 7.30 uh, Eastern U.S. time. And that's about current events. And uh, you might want to take a look at that, too. It's a free show. And occasionally we'll have a guest on that, but usually it's just a quick run-through of some aspect that's important about what's happening around us. Um, so a lot of interesting stuff on that, too. And then Planetary Healing Club meets half an hour after that show ends, and that's an hour-long show. What else did I not say that I forgot? Um, I think Lee's advice, Dr. Merritt's advice, of learning and doing as much toward a state of self-sufficiency and community cooperation as possible is a really good idea. And so let's do whatever we can to support each other that way. And it starts by taking care of yourself. That's not selfish in in a bad way. It's selfish in a really generous way. Because if you dump your bad habits now, and get rid of the stupid preconception that it has to take a long time. Start getting stronger, getting healthier. Uh, get off drugs that you don't need to be on. Um, develop your skills that you can help other people and maybe trade with. And we have a short time. We don't know how long it is in this chapter of the movie that we're in, but it's probably limited. So make use of your time. Take care of yourself. Appreciate yourself. Don't condemn yourself for the stupid things that we've all done before. And that way you won't need to condemn other people either. And we can just get into a whole different condition. So anyway, we have to go. But um, have a good week. And remember LostArtsRadio.com. All the links to everything are there. We'll see you next time. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash LostArtsRadio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. 
Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows, except the banned ones, are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum, as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with. I wish that I could hear 
wish that I could How to heal 
wish that I could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah.